to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock, and um, there are a lot of things women say, you know, phrases that we find ourselves repeating over and over. And for me, one of them is by an inch, it's a cinch, and by a yard, it's hard. My grandma taught me that and come in handy a few times. (laughs) I love that. It's definitely an old-timey type phrase, but it's got a good message. The idea that we're always going to be overwhelmed when we try to do everything at once, but a little at a time and things are manageable. So what are yours, Julie Graham? Uh, I am Julie Graham. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, See, I don't have those little wise nuggets yet. I'm still so youthful and figuring out the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just said I'm old and you're youthful. Good move. Okay, move on. I mean, I just turned 35. I'm Uh, feeling a little older, so I'm trying to to, uh, hold on to my youth. But yeah, I definitely lean more slangy. So I say things like for reals. Mm-hmm, you do. Yep. And that's with a Z to yeah. be completely clear. Oh, no, I've clear. seen it actually in text as well. <laughs> um, I definitely say, oh, no, she didn't. You do say that. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of how I talk. That's kind of how I am. Can I real quick, though, bring up one of your slang phrases that makes me laugh so hard every time you do it? Uh, you're making me nervous, but okay. <laughs> okay. When you slap your leg and say, shoot fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies, I do that. She is exactly right. And, you know, I think I do it with a little bit of a Southern twang. It's yes, like, it feels I'm like all you're, you're like a redneck or something yeah. when you do it. Yeah, I... proudly so. Thank you very much. <laughs> so surprising. But you're right. There are some phrases that we ladies say, and some of them are great and we need to hold on to them and they carry such weight and such truth, or they lighten the mood at the perfect time. But then if there's anything I've learned from our friend, Dr. Zoe, there are so many things that we say to ourselves or say to other people that are doing more harm than good. And we've got to learn to throw them out. Oh, you are absolutely right. And I think we're going to start here with one that I know I use all the time and a lot of other women do. And here it is. I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never say it that last way because that just screams that you're lying. But a lot of the times when you say I'm fine, it's completely to dodge the real truth of what's happening in your heart. Yeah, sometimes we aren't fine, but we may not want to say it or we may think nobody wants to hear it. Mm -hmm. So let's just say I'm fine. Move on. Julie, I know you know this about me, but since I say that all the time, I have literally requested that my daughters on whatever device or place I'm put to rest in, they put, she really is fine now. (laughs) And it'll be true. It'll be absolutely true. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're going to always say, I'm fine. When somebody passes us in the grocery store, hi, how are you? I'm fine. That's probably the right answer. I mean, if you're having the world's worst day, the grocery store acquaintance doesn't actually care. And it's probably not the best place (laughs) to unload, but... We need to check ourselves that when we're always saying I'm fine and it's not true, we're doing ourselves a really dangerous disservice. So we need to find safe people that we can admit when we're not fine. Yeah, we need to have those folks in our life because we can't just hold everything in. So if you find your trusted friend, that's where you go and dump it. 
And maybe if you find you're always going to that phrase of I'm fine, but you know, it's not true. It might be time to go get some help. Somebody beyond just a trusted, safe friend, maybe someone who can help you process why you're not really feeling fine. Because I think one of the reasons we jump to this phrase is we are so worried about affecting other people with our needs that we're not actually really taking care of ourselves. And we're just constantly pushing things under the rug with the I'm fine phrase. And in the long run, that's going to hurt everyone we're doing life with. You're so right, Julie. And I think another one that's very much like that, that we do as well is I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, we say it when we don't need to so many times. And then we apologize for how much we're saying, I'm sorry. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. It's, uh, and I don't, again, I don't know if it's the female nature that we, we want to nurture so bad that when we see some injustice or even somebody else's mistake, we want to take responsibility to make it better. And really both of these are codependent tendencies of peacemaking and taking on something we're not actually responsible for, for the betterment of someone else's feelings. And I think what we're trying to say here is give yourself permission to be more honest. To be honest both sides. If you have done something that deserves an I'm sorry, it needs to be a sincere, unpacked, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Here's why, here's what I did, and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But don't take responsibility for everybody else's problems or think you need to fix theirs. I mean, a strong woman is able to own when she messes up and then humbly admit it apologize for it, and then move on. There's that that piece of admitting that you've done something, asking for forgiveness, and then not just continuing to pull it along. You know, Julie, that's something that is a lesson, not just for us, but for our family, our Mm -hmm. children. I mean, if we're willing to say, I'm sorry at the right time and not say it at the wrong time, Mm -hmm. then we're teaching them how they should do it, how they should not apologize for everything unless they're responsible, then they should. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to raise our children to be responsible, healthy, emotionally mature people. So getting this I'm sorry right one is a big deal. All right, here's the next one that we do. Just let me do that. I can handle that. <laughs> I can handle that. I could do that and I could do that too. And I could do something else as no well. No problem. Yeah, no, we don't. We have to quit saying this one. We mm-hmm. have to let our kids make their own beds or put their own laundry away, or our husbands clean the kitchen and not say, because we don't like how it's done, mm-hmm. we can do it. Just let me do that. I know. We all think we are superwomen. And and in some ways we are, absolutely. <laughs> but it's also important for us to let everyone do their part. Dar, this is one where I am flailing big time. And I'm really trying to rein it in. Um, I It's been brought to my attention that I do so much for my son that literally he calls for me in the morning from his bed. He's five. Um, Doesn't get out of bed until he calls me, which I'm actually okay with. I don't want him just showing up at my bedside. No. What if he comes too (laughs) early? Um, And then he demands his morning muffies and I get them for him. I can't keep going on with all the little things that I do for him, but it's all going to stop. He's five. It's a balance, Julie, like everything else. You want to do some things for them as a mom, but at the same time, You know, your life is easier if he gets his own stuff. Even if he makes his own breakfast, you think that's possible? No, I didn't think so, but I'm being told maybe it is. Maybe it is. (laughs) Especially because his breakfast is a bag of Entenmann's muffins. (laughs) He can handle it. (laughs) All right. So instead of saying, I'm going to do it myself, make a list of things you're going to let him do. Mm -hmm. 
I think another one that we step in and do is with our spouses or the man that we're dating or involved with is we don't like the way they maybe cleaned the kitchen or we don't like the way they made the bed. Then we just look at him and go, fine, fine. I'll just do it myself. I mm-hmm. will do it myself. Well, no, just let him do it and let him do it their way and choose to go. It's okay if there's a few crumbs and a little grease splatter in there. I think I could live with that so I don't have to do it. Exactly. And and when we're constantly nitpicking how they do it, they're going to resent us and or potentially worse, they're just going to stop helping altogether. Yeah. Would you want to be complained about all the time every time you tried to do something? No, I wouldn't. No. So. And again, our kids are watching. True. Then they're going to think, well, nothing I ever do is going to be enough or eh, mommy just does everything better. Just let her do it. So no, we got to be okay with letting people do their part and then thanking them for it even Yeah, and letting them do it differently. I think another one that comes under that is if you see a need and you think you automatically, because you're capable, have the time, have the food, whatever, you should step in and do it. Well, sometimes when you do that, you're robbing someone else of an opportunity to fill a need that's there. And it's not always yours to carry that burden. I remember the first time you mentioned this concept of if we're always the one to say yes, then we're stealing somebody else's opportunity. And it was such a light bulb moment for me because, you know, I'm high functioning. I'm a producer. I I got time for that. I want to make people happy, but sometimes it's somebody else's turn to do the thing and they're going to do it differently. They might do it better. They might not even do it better, but it's their turn. And I cannot always be the one to jump when I hear something and I'm not bad. When I say no to something, sometimes saying no is the very best thing we can do. Yeah. It's okay to say no. It's okay sometimes to leave it undone or allow somebody to do it differently. So next time you take that on ladies saying, just let me do it. Nope. Don't do it. Don't say it. Walk away, bite your tongue. Think about it twice before that phrase comes out of your mouth. And pat yourself on the back for not doing it. That's right. (laughs) Right? Celebrate Uh this one. Yep. Okay. Conversely, the next thing we have to stop saying is I should have. Uh, you know how I feel about regret. Mm-hmm. I hate it. You it literally makes, hate it. I do because I think regret takes away the reality that we should have just learned whatever it is mm-hmm. and not continue to kick ourselves that we should have done it differently. Mm-hmm. We actually did do a whole episode on regret and shockingly, I can't remember the number right now, but I'll make sure I link to it in the show notes because I did force you to have a conversation that I know I think that there is some fruit From regret, but I understand that we cannot let it hold us back and keep us from continuing to move forward. But this phrasing of, if only I had done this, it's just so negative and self-bashing and it colors the things you're doing forward because you're constantly living in the past and highlighting your mistakes. Well, and you can lose out on future opportunities. You're right, Julie, because if you're spending so much time pining over how you should have done something then what is in front of you that you could be accomplishing, you may miss it entirely because you're looking in the past rather than the future. And I don't know if this is maybe being too opportunistic or um, being too driven, but hey, that's how I roll. If you're constantly focusing and talking about around other people the things you shouldn't have done or missed or didn't do well, then that's not actually attractive to those who are around you that may want to join you on the next thing or give you another opportunity. If you're always down on yourself, you're not selling yourself very well. 
It's true. And you know me, Julie, we've already gone through one episode where we recorded something and the audio wasn't what I wanted. And I spent three days kicking myself because <laughs> yeah. um, I, I strive toward perfection, which I do know is not possible in this world. But you have to let go of things like that and go, all right, next time, yeah. I'm not going to let that happen. Okay. Here's a big one for us ladies. We all do it. We all say it, but we've got to drop it. I'm worried about fill in the blank. Yes. And that blank is huge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We could go on and on with the list. Our family, health, the economy, Mm -hmm. politics, um, school, my children, my job, money. It just gets exhausting. And the more you worry, the more there is to worry about. It's true. It's like a vicious cycle that just goes round and round and round. So, okay, we're not saying you're never going to worry again, but you have to recognize the negative effect of once you start letting the worry and the fear creep in, it just builds and compounds. So instead of worry, what we need to do is when something comes up that we start to feel anxious about, we start to, we're having those feelings that, you know, I'm feeling out of control and something needs to be done. It's time to really self-evaluate. Is this something that I need to discuss with, you know, another party that's involved that's part of the solution? Or is this something I need to just let go of because it truly is outside of my control? Yeah. And is it something that you really can't fix? If you can't fix it, why worry about it? But we do anyway. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny, Julie? At this point in time, I can look back at sleepless nights mm. in my past but I have no idea why I lost sleep. I know I was worried about something. Obviously. You barely sleep at all. That's super dangerous for you. <laughs> yeah, it's real dangerous. <laughs> it's true. But in hindsight, you'll realize most of what you've ever worried about never happened. It's so true. Gosh, it's so true. You look back on the things that you spent those hours and moments and days and weeks pining over, and most of them didn't happen. And you just lost that time. I love this Harold Stephen quote that you put in the notes. Do you want to read it? There is a great difference between worry and concern. A worried person sees a problem and a concerned person solves a problem. Mm. Do we not love that? I do. I mean, I actually was listening to a podcast earlier today and the truth is, is there are some things in life and you alluded to it that we literally just can't fix and that's okay. And then the other things we really do have something, some part we can play and it's great to to push forward in that and to look for, you know, the things that we can be doing, but to just stay in that tension of everything's just uncertain and unsure and uneasy is not a healthy place. So what we can do in those moments is our favorite suggestion would be to pray. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally you cannot continue to stress when you're praying. You can't, it changes things. You know, I've talked to a lot of women lately who, you know, they're having, problems with children or, you know, someone in their life that they love dearly who they know they're headed toward a brick wall. Mm -hmm. They know in their heart that going down the road they're on, they're going to suffer really tough consequences. And you worry about that. But I would recommend this. This is kind of a sidebar, Julie. I would recommend sometimes people have to hit that wall. Mm -hmm. They have to suffer the consequences. They have to feel the pain of their choices. And it's only then that they're able and willing to change and get on a better road. 
you can't worry about the fact that that's coming and it's inevitable unless they change before they get there. All you can do is pray that when they do, that you're there if you can be, and they want you there to help them through it. And they turn around, they change their course. You know, putting worry into it isn't going to fix it. Being there when, if the worst happens is what can help. So apparently this is the part of the episode where I cry contemplating (laughs) past things in my life. Jeez, you're making me think of, you know, some of the stuff we shared um, on episode 101, even just watching my husband spend his life in worry. And I just got to a point where I can't join him in that. All I can do is pray and continue to show him love. And man, if you walk away with nothing else but this part of this episode, stop with the worry. Find a way to channel it into prayer, positive energy, and just letting it go. Another one that we find ourselves saying a lot is, this might be silly, but... Or you say, I'm no expert, but... Yeah, you've already disqualified whatever comes after that. Yes. But you say, you know, this is this is not going to be worth anything, by the way, but I'm going to keep talking. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? <laughs> Why do we constantly minimize ourselves? I don't know, but we do, every single one of us. And instead of qualifying what you're going to say, believe heartily in what you're going to yeah. say. At least think, well, it's got to be of worth, so I'm not going to diminish myself before I present my thought. I think a phrase that I've tried to to sub in here instead when I'm feeling this way, I'll say something like, I'm just thinking out loud here, or I'm processing this as I say it. So that's a way of saying like, I don't know if what I'm even really saying yet is where I'm for sure landing, but that's better than this is probably wrong. This is probably really stupid, but keep listening, which is basically what we're saying when we minimize ourselves with those other phrases. It's okay to just be talking through your emotions, your thoughts, your ideas with somebody. That's healthy and good and smart. But to constantly cut yourself down before you've even given yourself a chance literally is is taking away your overall value. Yeah. And I think just looking back in the workplace, when I would have a creative team brainstorming about something, I hated it when someone went, well, this way may not work, but, or this Mm -hmm. isn't a great idea, but... Every idea, good or bad, leads to the best idea. So if you collaborate in any scenario, whether it's in your home or at your workplace, be willing to throw out all the thoughts because a gem often comes out of a bunch of rubble. For sure. I mean, we've seen that in our team um, at the Grit and Grace Project, conversations where we have, or, you know, we really want to start something new or go a different direction. And we just come to the table and say, this is the topic. Nobody really knows what the answer is, but let's just start talking about it. And it's not just in the workplace. It's in your relationship. It's in your parenting. It's in friendships. It's in your own emotional, you know, growth and healing. Stop minimizing yourself with believing that whatever you're bringing to the table or to the conversation has diminished value. Yeah, there was an episode, Your Voice Matters. Mm. J.J. Heller. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was 85. Gosh, I love that episode because she came on and talked about how she thought for many years, you know, all through high school and even college that she was going to be a basketball player. You know, I remember when I thought I was going to be a basketball player. Oh, Julie, no, you can't go there. <laughs> no, maybe I, I wanted to see, be a- I could see you as a cheerleader. No. Okay. No, but so she, you know, she really thought that's where she was going and had so much stock in that. And then, you know, literally 
overnight lost her ability to play basketball. That was disheartening. And what ended up happening is she discovered a love for and a talent she had for singing, which hello, basketball, singing, very different. Very much (laughs) Um, so. So metaphorically and literally, she completely changed her life projection and found her own voice. Well, and I think she said in it that it wasn't like anybody else's. And that's something we need to remember too, is Mm -hmm. that our opinion, our thoughts are unique Mm -hmm. and they will be of value to someone else as well as what they say be of value to us. So, you know, take confidence, get confidence in what you say and take pride in what you can bring to the table because it is enormously valuable. I'm trying to think of the Bible verse that talks about how the ear can't say to the elbow or to, you know, the arm that it's not important because we all literally play a role. But I like to look at the big jobs and the the flashy things and think that they're more important. And it's just not true. Nobody knows everything about everything, but everybody knows something about something. Absolutely. And I know going back to my business world, if I had one missing part of the company that we ran, we felt it. Yeah. We absolutely felt it, whether it was the warehouse guy, whether it was the marketing director, whether it was the executive assistant or a vice president. If any of those positions were absent, we felt the void. And I think that's true in life. We may not recognize it, but it's true that in our friendship, in our community, in our church, in our clubs, wherever we find groups of people we're part of, every single person brings something to that group. Okay, so we're giving you permission to stop minimizing yourself. Okay, this last one though, guys, this is one we do all the time in slight variations. Does this make me look mm, fat? fat? <laughs> Old. Old. <laughs> cool. I mean, whatever. We are projecting our worth onto someone else and asking for them to deem us approved. It's true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're giving them permission to either encourage us or slay us. Take your choice. <laughs> yes. And then sometimes when they tell us that we look good or we are good, we don't even believe it. No, we actually, you know, do you like what I'm wearing? Yes. Okay, I'm going to change my clothes. <laughs> you know, it happens all the time. And we don't believe it. Even when we say they say, no, that you're not that or whatever. That doesn't make you look that way. We go, no, nah, you're wrong. It does. Yeah. So not only are we putting ourselves down, now we've hurt our person that we're asking by devaluing their opinion. It's just a hot mess, all of it. It is a hot mess. And we should be comfortable. It goes back to being comfortable mm-hmm. with who we are, mm-hmm. what we look like, um, how we act, at least most of the time, unless we're acting really stupid and we recognize that. <laughs> um, but being comfortable enough to not ask for approval in that. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to say to your girlfriend when you're in the dressing room, do you like this dress? Do you think it works? That's one thing. But if you're constantly walking out when you're ready to go somewhere and go, does this look okay? Do you like this dress? Because I am so insecure and not sure about it. Then you start treading into the territory of you're needing someone else's approval. Yeah. Yeah. And this is definitely not to imply that if you ever want to ask if your outfit looks okay, then you're completely insecure. But you you know in your gut, you're getting that little you know feeling right now of like, wow, this is me every time. That's an indicator that you're not comfortable in your own skin. And that, my friend, is an issue. Our hope and our desire is that you would be a woman who recognizes her inherent 
value and worth that has nothing to do with the outside, but everything to do with the inside. So find the outfit that makes you feel confident and then rock it. You know, be proud of the gifts and the values that you bring and not look for somebody else to constantly be giving you, you know, that constant approval that you're looking for. Yeah. And we have this tendency to ask the man in our life these kind of questions. And it's kind of a no win for them. Poor guys. I would say do your best, unless you've been married a whole lot of years and you know what you're going to (laughs) get. Do your best not to ask that man because he feels like he can't win no matter what he says. I mean, I think to wrap this one up, it goes back to what I always love to say. And it's so true. Be bold and just be you. Mm, I do love that phrase of yours, Julie. It is entirely true. I mean, it really applies most places, but certainly to this one. So look yourself in the mirror and say, I got this. And then walk out the door in confidence. Yep. Okay, ladies, next time you find yourself in a place to say any of these phrases, like I'm fine, instead of saying I'm fine, if you're with someone that you really want to share your heart with, do. Or maybe you just say, had better days. This isn't a great one, but I'm sure there will be another good one ahead. Exactly. When you want to say, I'm sorry, and you haven't actually done something wrong and you're trying to cover for somebody else, remember that you are not responsible for other people's actions and save your I'm sorry for when you truly are. All right. Just let me do that. Quit saying, just let me do that. Because there's a whole workload that would come off of you girls if you quit saying that. Choose what you really want to do, what you should do, and don't do anything more. When you want to say, I should have, or if only, recognize that that opportunity has passed and be ready for the next one. And the next time you say, I'm worried about, instead, start it with prayer. Mm -hmm. Start it with taking your concern, your fear, your worry to God. And then know that most of it's not going to happen. And if it does, you will be fine. Stop saying, I'm no expert, or this is probably silly, and instead start your phrases with something like, this is something I'm just thinking through. All right, and the last one, does this make me look, don't say that, don't start that, unless you want a real opinion from a girlfriend somewhere, but just don't be so concerned about what somebody else thinks about how you look. Come out proud and comfortable and go your way. And maybe throw that thing out if you know you don't look good in it. It's true. Right? I mean, donate it. Do that. (laughs) (laughs) I love the quote we chose to end this episode because I really feel like it applies to everything we've been saying. It's Marie Curie, and she said, Life is not easy for any of us, but what of that? We must have perseverance and above all, confidence in ourselves. We must believe that we are gifted for something and that this thing must be attained. Thank you for joining us again this week for another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a grit and grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.